Welcome to Girls' Night Out, Behind the Scenes. I am Mary Labrie, writer and producer of Girls' Night Out. Today I'm talking to Joe Demansky, the voice actor behind Dr. Gregory Pendergast, the doctor with a very wobbly moral compass. Dr. Pendergast speaking. Uh, I'm Joe Demansky, and I'm in the... New Jersey, South Jersey, Philadelphia area. Yeah. So what attracted you to the project, Girls Night Out? Um, I, I do remember, um, in fact, if I recall correctly, the, the, the part wasn't even on the casting call on the backstage.com, but there was a couple others that just seemed intriguing. I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but I, you know, just reading the brief little you know, description you gave and the types of people you were looking for I said you know I want to give this a shot I said because I'm very always was a very big into the old radio dramas and this is such a uh, a welcome return to that type of thing that I said I'd love to give something like that a try and, and see what happens like I said I've never done anything this is my you're my first job I've been doing this I've been training for about three or four years now and um, really just got my demo reel together and that kind of stuff and join that website. And, you know, I, I, I just want to give it a try just to see if I could do it. Well, you'll definitely have some more material for your demo reel now. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm very grateful for that. I'm, I'm very grateful for you for taking a chance on somebody who didn't know what they were doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I heard your voice, I just went, oh, Dr. Pendergast. Yeah, because um, it's awesome. got, you know, a lovely texture. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a voice freak, as you can probably. <laughs> probably <laughs> I, I really listen to voices. I love them. Great. Yeah, um, I get that a lot. I was getting that for years and everybody's, oh, I even have professional disc jockeys and other voiceover people that are doing like legitimate television work saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And my girlfriend actually tipped me over the scale with it and said, just do this. And I did it, and here we are, so. Your daughter's veins have collapsed. How about her leg? She's hypovolemic, lack of blood volume. I can rehydrate her, but it will take some time. I agree with you about old radio plays. Um, I have a, a sh another show called The Shiver Show. It's a radio show. I'm actually putting it on to podcast. And it's all old-time radio plays about crime, horror, and science fiction. So, um, yeah, going to bring the, the old world and the new world together on that channel. It is beautiful stuff, that, those old plays. Uh, do you like sci-fi yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I think to say I'm a fan of science fiction is an understatement. Uh, <laughs> In fact, I'm eagerly waiting the uh, next series of the, the, the animated Star Trek that comes on tomorrow. I, I thought it was today, and I was actually a little disappointed. But um, I have to wait now till tomorrow. You have to cool your jets. <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> so um, for the listeners, which role did you play in Girls' Night Out? I was Dr. Pendergast. Yes, so the, the demonic doctor with a, a syringe. <laughs> 
right up my street. <laughs> and and a somewhat a somewhat wobbly moral compass. Yes. I saw Anita this morning. Crazy Anita? Dr. Anita Chung, yes. Sorry. I know she was your protege. Anything you want to tell me, Greg? You mean the side effect thing? Look, Grace, Anita went really loopy towards the end. She had to go. So how did you find it playing a villain? Did you enjoy that? I really did. My, um, I've always been told that I've been, I, I, I do have a, a good moral center. However, my look and my, almost, I guess my attitude, and it's just, that's just my, I guess my look and my tone. So it's fun for me. I think the villains have more fun. Oh, yeah. When I first saw Jackie Gleason and Smokey and the Bandit, that was like, that could be me. Yeah. To some degree. You know, just uh, uh, setting his ways old, raspy, um, just having fun with being the bad guy. You know, <laughs> not a bad guy necessarily at heart or whatnot, but the, the, the attitude, the look, you know, he was a bad guy, but funny in his villainy. And that's what I see, you know, I have the most fun. That's what made it the most fun for me. Dr. Pendergast, the test rats are not grooming. Not grooming? Oh no! You know how important grooming is in rat society. It is much like empathy in humans. So you say, you're the rat expert. Should we give them little pedicures? <laughs> Dr. Pendergast, the rats are one thing, but if the women on our trial are losing empathy, that would be a serious side effect. Do these rich, youth-obsessed women have any empathy to lose? <laughs> In terms of that character, did you have any challenges other than the fact that he's a bad guy? Yeah, I did because, and, and we worked on this um, when you sent your notes back. It's like I was being, I was being mean to the wrong people, you know, and you got to know who, who to, you know, who's, who's behind the kiss and who you can be a little more swarmy with. But we nipped that in the bud pretty quick. But uh, that, I'd say that's probably the only thing that yeah. I had. Just so, just uh, for the listeners, can you explain what that was we were talking about? Just uh... Uh, it, the scene with um, with Grace when she, when I questioned her bringing up the um, at the board meeting. It was the, yeah yeah the the side effects yeah the side effects the side effects and um, I, I was I was being way too aggressive as if I were her boss. And I really should have, you know, then you pointed out that you, I'm, I shouldn't be so disrespectful to my boss, but be sickeningly sweet and um, with the underlying smarminess behind it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, once you hit that, once you sent that note, it clicked. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's all I needed. So you're saying that there are no side effects, no behavioral changes for the women in the clinical trial? Absolutely none. I heard you brought it up at the board meeting today. I wish you had talked with me first. Okay, Greg, let's talk later. Yeah, and did you have any technical challenges with um, bringing uh, Gregory Pendergast to us? Like I said, with my tr with the way I've been training, I've been training one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a voice and acting coach out of Philadelphia. And when um, we hadn't had the opportunity, I wanted, I, it would have been nice it would have been better only again because of my inexperience in this 
if I had someone to run lines off of. And usually when I do these sessions with him, he'll give me a script and we'll run it together. Yeah. And this is the first time I had to do anything without somebody to bounce off of. Yeah. So that was probably the only thing. Yeah. But now that I've got a hang of it and I know, like, again, in my head, because I'm, I'm still new at this, I think I need to, again, knock it out of the park on the first shot when I know that there's room for improvement. And I should realize this, that anything that needs to be tweaked will get tweaked exactly the way you did it. I need you to do it this way instead of this way. I did it. And that helped me immensely. But, you know, just for this first one, I was a nervous wreck because I'm like, I got nobody reading it back to me while I'm <laughs> recording it. And I, now that I've done it, I've, um, I've actually done it since. And it was, it was much, much easier the second time. So yeah. um, you helped me along incredibly with that. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, it is, it is a bit strange. Um, some actors have said they found it quite freeing because they could be completely, you know, when you're acting with another actor, it does affect and sometimes inhibit the performance. Um, because, well, you can imagine doing a love scene with 500 camera crew around that that's not going to be. Sure. You know? <laughs> and so yeah. I think for some, some of the actors they actually found it, um, you know, easier because there was no one there but um yeah i i think i would find that challenging personally so yeah. i you did a great job this treatment is experimental mrs mallard we haven't done this many transfusions on a single host i'm perfectly aware of how experimental the treatment is do you really think i would do anything to harm my own daughter or me for that matter are you going to get on with it or just stand there talking to me? Go ahead, Felix. So voice acting is a relatively small but growing field. Um, uh, what, what are your plans? What, what, what's next for you in this area? I'm hoping that, you know, this is just the start of something, you know, that could be somewhat sustainable uh, for me. I've, I've been at my current job now 22, almost 23 years. I am a, I'm the chief financial officer and executive assistant to the warden for a local correctional facility. And I've been there for I guess, 20, almost 23 years. Yeah. And yeah. I've only got about maybe two, three years to go and I'm done. I want out, it, you know, it, it's my get out of jail card coming. And I'm hoping this is one of the things that I can do now. And after I leave there, you know, as something more regular. That would be very nice. I have no, I have no delusions that I'm going to become famous or I'm going to make this a living because that would be irresponsible. However, if that's what happens, I will gladly welcome it. But um, for now, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get a few things under my belt and um, hopefully it, hopefully it starts to snowball to some degree. The, the kind of reel you'll be able to get off this, that's all how you pull together a, a you know, like a resume and people go, oh yeah, this guy's done some interesting stuff. Look at those weird lights. They're planes, right? Planes don't move like that. Hey, Grace, look! Those lights, there were three of them. They came slowly towards us in a perfect line until they were right overhead, as high as the tops of the trees. Holy shit, man! Are those UFOs? 
idea? Where did it come from? Because it, it was so fascinating to me. Did, based on the pages I got, I had really little idea of what the story was until I actually heard it. All right. You know, it was, I was completely taken by surprise because my my monkey brain was going in a different direction. <laughs> it's more or less like a medical drama type of thing or, or, or something along those lines. How surprising and delightfully surprising when I heard the finished product. I was I was a little bit gobsmacked by it, but I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. And I said, you know, I'd love to know what, you know, where, where, how you came up with it, what your inspiration behind it was. Well, thank you for asking that. I mean, uh, so the, the cliff scene at the very beginning, um, you know, when the, they're out, out on the cliff and they see the UFO and they, you know, they have the inception, um, uh, that some, that's somewhat uh, happened to me. I don't think I was drawn up into a spaceship, but I was with some friends out on a cliff one summer evening and, we saw something very strange in the night sky. And so that, that event always stuck with me because it was quite unusual. (laughs) And, and, um, and, you know, I don't think any of us talked to anyone about it because, you know, people are going to think you're nuts. Yeah. But then the, the, uh, I don't know, it just evolved the, the whole, um, I've always been fascinated with this idea of, you know, Earth being a, a holiday destination for aliens and that they come here in some very, you know, subtle way and we don't even know they're there. <laughs> you know what, that, you know, I, I love that. I wouldn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're quite distressed by the fact that we're kind of trashing the place. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, I, um, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I've got a science background. I've studied genetics so I've got some of the background of that character so that that's kind of where it came from <laughs> I love it I love it so now if people hear you uh, in girls night out and they want to get you involved in their project Joe how can they how can they find you what's the best way to find you uh, right now is email well, it's JL Domansky d-o-m-a-n-s-k-i 818 at gmail.com yeah, and you're also on Backstage. Yeah, Backstage, I'm on Voices.com, um, Voices123, and today I, I joined um, Casting Connections, I believe it's called. It's Joseph Demansky, or is it Joe Demansky? How would they find you so there? I'm on there, I, I guess if you're searching me, I guess it would be under Joseph, but I, I generally, I, I, I go by Joe. With with my last name, I'm I'm almost wondering if something a little bit more marketable and um, easier to to pronounce might be in my future as well. You know, when doing professional work, but uh, uh, for now, we'll stick with the name that my father gave me. I, I think it's a great name. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I just want to thank you so much for your performance. Oh, um, thank you. It was delightful. The first time I heard your voice, I went, oh. Got to get this guy. I, I think you were going for Hayden. Um, is I that, think that's what it was too. It's been a minute. But I can't remember the name, but yeah, Hayden, uh, yeah. what I read, what I sent you in the submission for. But yeah. But now that you've heard the the show, you know you aren't Hayden. You are Doctor no. Pendergast. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm grateful, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> and there's another season. We're we're creating another season, so I'm going to be yeah call, knocking on your door again. Mary, I'll work with you any day of the week. (laughs) All right, beautiful.
can find links to all the podcast platforms at linktree slash girls night out podcast. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash girls night out podcast. If you enjoy the show, please let your friends and family know by sharing it or leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcast or Spotify.